1: Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Seth and Sean Sports Radio show live from Singapore this time, uh, Singapore and Phoenix. Sean Palmer and Mitch Beyer. Yes, you heard Hi. it. It's Welcome Back, My Friends, to the Show That Never Ends by Emerson Lake and Palmer. And here we have what was two Palmers. My brother did switch his name. But here we are live from Phoenix, Arizona and Singapore totally the advent of technology coming through neither one of us in new york neither one of us hosting the show from there the mecca capital of the world and here we are across the planet so uh for those that don't know this is my brother my brother has been on the show a couple of times calling in but i believe this is only your second time that's hosting a show is that correct sir
0: that's true. And let's not, let me just say that I changed my last name to my paternal, my maternal grandfather's name. I was not avoiding like child support or anything. You know, it's like, this was a <laughs> name change. Okay.
1: Or, I wasn't like avoiding or, prison.
0: Or, and, and... So, or, or avoiding so, me, yeah. for that matter. So no. yeah,
1: so <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't where I was going
0: with that. But okay,
1: yeah. that, gotta, that is a valid, things, valid, you know? valid point. I don't
0: know who's list. I don't know who's listening to the show. You know, They might think that I'm trying to avoid the law by changing my name or something.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for Mitch Buyer, FKA, <laughs> Mitchell Palmer, he is located in Phoenix, Arizona, and he's also on right. the show. So, <laughs> right. So, right. Seth came, so Seth Kamins is at a wedding. Why anybody gets married the Tuesday before Thanksgiving is completely beyond me. We talked about that a little bit last week and the fact that... You know what? His friends are notoriously cheap. <laughs> it's just that way. And they're twenty four and twenty three years old, so they get married on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So seven thirty in the US, uh on the East Coast, nine thirty in Phoenix, and here ten thirty AM in Singapore on Wednesday. So one day
0: till Thanksgiving. Seven seven thirty seven so, thirty me seven thirty me, nine thirty New York. Or ten thirty New York. Correct. No, nine thir- uh ten thirty? No, uh, because I of Daylight clear. Savings,
1: it's 9.30, 9.30 now, because of no Daylight Savings. Remember, you guys oh, okay. don't do that, you guys don't do the switch. So, right. before we get into, uh, look, my brother is a huge fan of, of the sport of hockey, in which Seth knows next to nothing about, so this is the perfect time to catch up on the NHL. But before we go there, let uh, look, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, Mitch, and... We all have a tremendous amount to be thankful for. Um, I think that we are all thankful for health and happiness and family and whatnot. And I'm going to spring this on you, which is something that you did not want me to do. You actually asked me, (laughs) please give me a rundown. So you do not spring stuff on me last minute. But guess what? I'm going to pull this one out of the hat, and I'm going to spring this a little bit on you. So if you are, I'm going to give you your your major sports teams, uh, I'm going to give you some hockey teams because that's what you're best at. You tell me what the general manager is most thankful for. Okay? I think that's a – okay. so in the spirit of hockey. So let's go New York Rangers. What, what is the New York Rangers general manager, who I believe is Scott Gordon,
0: um, what is he thankful for this year? He's thankful that he has a good goalie in the minor leagues that's ready to take over Henrik Lundqvist's job next year. Okay, well let's let's go to that because and and we can
1: bridge upon these. Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> has another year on his contract, at least one more year, at about nine and a half million dollars. Is he?
0: Uh, look, it's very hard to put the king on the bench. He's he's thankful of the fact that he's not an absolute dead last place. And he's thankful for the fact that, uh, that, um, you know, he seems getting, he seems getting older, but he does have a strong minor league presence. So I think you're going to see a, a, a youth, a youth movement. Certainly. I don't, I don't know if you call the Rangers rebuilding at this point, but I know that they're definitely in that youth movement phase. So I think next year, they're going to see a lot more of the, the so what the Islanders are essentially doing now with Bavillier and Hosang and, 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 um, and, Barzell and, and bring it up more and Pollock and bring it up more of those younger teams. I think he's grateful that there's a minor league that's, uh, that's churning down there. So I think that's what he's grateful for.
1: Okay. Uh, so let's go to your hometown team. Well, at least the hometown team where you currently live, John Chayaka, Chayka, Chayka. Yeah. Who is the Arizona right. coyotes general manager. Um, yeah. For second year on the job, took it over April 11, 2016
0: what is he thankful for? He's thankful that fans still show up at his stadium. Okay, good stadium. Has, I like, he, he, I, I like
1: he, the stadium. Why do
0: you say uh, thankful that they show up? Is the team that bad? Five and thir- five and fifteen dead last. It's not even a fun show to watch. I catch them on the local TV stations once in a while, and I'm telling you, it's it's it's. Can I can I use curse words on this on the show? Is that is that a cool thing? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, he is, it is, it is a cluster insert that word yep. right here. It is, it is, it is a, it is a disgrace to, I don't want to say it's a disgrace to hockey. I mean, Arizona coyotes certainly have their fan base. And when you show up, they're there and, and they're coming forth and really hockey is a thing here. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, they have their fans, uh, but it's, 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 it's not a good show. It's not even good entertainment. It's, it's, a, he's, he re- remember this is a guy that wanted to play money ball with hockey and he wanted to to, 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 to create the perfect the perfect team based on the money ball pro- process and uh, I don't I don't really know if that experiment is succeeding now he's a big analytics guy he's a big statistics guy he looks at the Corsi stats that's what he that's what he he's known for I believe he was the previous owner of a website I don't remember the name of the website that that get all these statistics but um, you know a GM has to have more than just statistics on a on a playbook they have to know the players they have to know the sport they have to be invested in the game and uh, you know I'll, I'll always go back to that one just for for a reference because obviously I know them the best but you look at the coaches and, and staff of many teams these days and these are players you know you have Joe Sassy you have uh, Garth, uh, Garth Snow, you have uh, Doug Waite, you have uh, Steve Eiserman, Steve people that played the game exceptionally well, at the highest level possible, Stanley Cup winners that are now GMs because they know and understand the player mentality. They understand but, what's going on, on the bench. It's not just statistics all the time. Sure, but Mitch, uh, you know, you bring up an interesting
1: point, And I have a, uh, well, I did have a list here, of all the general managers and their, where is it? All the general managers and their pro career. And you have eight general managers that do not have, um, that do not have pro experience at all. And those general managers are some of the actual uh, most successful general managers in sports. And I was quite surprised, so let's go through those. You have John Kayaka, Chayaka, right. Kayaka. you have Stan Bowman, who never played in yep. the pros, Chuck Fletcher in Minnesota, Ray Shiro in New Jersey, but Ray Shiro is the one that designed the Pittsburgh Penguins,
0: Jeff right. Gordon,
1: who is the – it's not Scott Gordon, it's Jeff Gordon in the Rangers, Jeff Gordon.
0: Pierre right. Dorian,
1: who is the general manager of Ottawa, Doug Armstrong, the general manager of the St. Louis Blues, who was the general manager of the Minnesota, of the Dallas Stars, and Lou Lamarillo uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays, who obviously won a, a, a several cups with with the Devils. So it's not necessarily that you have to be one of those high profile guys. I do understand that it does lend itself some credence, but there is some success here. So let's go through some other teams. If you're the Anaheim Mighty Ducks and you're – actually, I'm sorry. You know what the Anaheim Mighty Ducks are thankful for? They're not called the Anaheim Mighty Ducks anymore. They're called the Anaheim Ducks. Bob Murray. Bob Murray. What is Bob Murray thankful for? And he's been tenured there since 2008. He's one of the longest tenured general managers in the NHL. And surprisingly, the NHL has the longest tenured generally uh, professionals than any other sport. So maybe he's thankful for his job that he's had since 2008, but really what, what is Bob Murray thankful for?
0: What is Bob Murray thankful for? I mean, just bringing this on me, kind of, kind of, well, I think that, um, you know, I was almost about to say that he's grateful that, uh, team Mussolini and Paul Korea got into the hall of fame. And, uh, you know, we could look upon a good legacy, which was an amazing thing, by the way. If you didn't see that uh, that um, that uh, uh, induction, it was memorable to say the least. But um, I think he's grateful for Corey Perry right now. I think he's grateful that he has a, a good man that's that's ready to dish out the puck. I think he's got a strong mm-hmm. leadership there. Um, I think that if you, if you look at uh, where the team's at right now, you got Andrew Vermette. You got um, certainly Ryan Getzlaff still there. Um, you got Cam Fowler there. I mean, they do have a core. Kevin BX is there. Um, you, you know, you have a core group of people that do know how to win. And I think that mm-hmm. fundamentally, when you have that core group of people that do know how to win, th- there's going to be like a moment. There's going to be a come to Jesus moment at some point in the locker room, probably halfway through the season, where like, hey, we're better than this. You know, we were better than yep. this. And we, we were here. When it was better, and so we need to pick up where you know where we left off a couple of years ago and start pulling, you know, our heads from our collective butts and start putting putting you know putting pucks in the net, put start moving. Now, John Gibson as a goalie, I I don't I'm not a fan, I'm not an enormous fan of John Gibson as a goalie. I was never a fan of John Gibson as a goalie, but he's still there and. You know, you got to go with the person that's in the net. You know, that's that's what you say in the locker room. Hey, this guy's in the net. You got to go with that guy. He does have the most wins on the team with seven. Um, but I think that I think that if you're saying what is he grateful for, he's grateful that he has a core group of of, of good, experienced players that are not going to put up with this for much longer. I think that that's a good okay. a good example. Well, I.
1: I, he also has to hope that Getzlov gets back. He was injured and will be out several months. So totally understand that. All right, yeah. so let's go to, some of, the, let's go to some, some of the local teams. So if you're the New Jersey Devils and you're Ray Shiro, what are you thankful for? Oh, local man. teams for well, the New York
0: area, anyway. I mean, if you remember from the last time I was on this show, I we we did that snap thing, and 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 one of the questions was, you know where do you see the devil at the end of the year? And I said, man, you know, he could, they could easily have 30, 35 wins. And you said, you know, that would put them in first place in, in the whole conference. And I said, it's, it's entirely possible. And look at them right now. They're 12, five and three. And, you know, I yeah. don't, I, I'm okay. I, you know, I'm good on the 12 wins and stuff, but it's the five. It's the five losses that you really got to look at and say five losses. Man, who has five losses in the conference? you got lightning that have, that have three losses. You have the senators that have five losses. And the devil, the Devils, that's it, that's all that you got in the whole conference. So it, it's not like they're playing bad hockey; they're playing very high level hockey. But I think that you you say the dev, the, the Devils are grateful that they're certainly in first place. They're re, they are reinvigorating their fan base after some not so enjoyable seasons. First of all, um, and as a, as an Islander fan, I know. Hey, when when the I was are sitting in the first place, man. We, we're, we pack out that stadium, you know, because we're all hyped up, and I'm sure that their fans are super hyped up also. So I think that they, they're they grateful that they're reinvigorating their fan base. Tyler um, Hall is, has 15 assists right now. And Corey Schneider, who may be the most, I don't want to say underrated goalie in the NHL because certainly he's an all-star and he's an Olympian and all those fun things. But, man, talk about under the under-the-radar goalie maybe. Um, still, still backing backing up the net with eight wins. So um, I, I think that trade from Vancouver was very strong for him. I love the Taylor Hall trade. I mean, how can you not love the Taylor Hall trade? Um, but that's I think that's what you got. You got that he, he's grateful that he has a a, a solid you know All Star caliber goalie, um, a good fan base that that's been extremely dedicated over the years, and um, I think that's what he's grateful for.
1: Okay, now let's go on to the, let's go on to the New York Islanders. What uh, my feeling is right now, the New York Islanders are thankful for a couple of things. Number one, Matt Barzell, in that oh, yeah. they finally have what they would think would be a number two um, number two center, iceman. And I think they're thankful for at least having the opportunity to stay in New York, because without this without this um, Belmont RFP. I don't think there's a chance that they stay in New York. And I think that the opportunity presented itself. It's the perfect timing for them. But with that I, I think if Garth is looking at at Santa Claus, at at the Thanksgiving turkey and saying, What can I be thankful for? It's Matt Barzell and it's the Belmont RFP.
0: Well, I, I absolutely concur. I think that they look at Belmont and say that can be our future home, not for just for now, but for, for twenty years from now, what the Coliseum was in the seventies you know, for for them, um, and 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 much more of a hockey arena, uh, certainly something that's built around the ice, so much as instead sort of the ice being built around the stadium. Um, they they can have the locker rooms they want, they can have the high tech they want. Listen, I have a really good friend, uh, Jason, who's who's from Detroit, and we had a conversation the other day about the new uh, um, what Little Caesars uh, Palace that's up there and how all four major Sports teams are now within basically six blocks of each other and how great is that a for detroit but they built this stadium Ilyich built this stadium for the red wings he literally was like i'm building this for them and we are going to give them everything they ever wanted for this stadium and i think that if you can do that for for new york islanders not only will no one leave but we will they will get more prospects they will certainly get more people engaged to be free agents. And they will be able to raise their their platform and their profile in the NHL. I think that you are grateful for uh, for Matt Barzell, who's certainly in contention for being the Rookie of the Year. In fact, ESPN um, said today that that you know half a quarter way through the season that Matt Barzell was going to be the Calder Cup uh, winner. I don't remember the last time the Islanders had a Calder Cup winner. Um, uh, I know we came closer, What was it? A couple of years ago with uh, with Nelson or Lee or, or someone, we came we came pretty close, but um, you know they, they're calling that out. Um, so I'm I'm sure they're I'm sure he's great. I mean, obviously you you got to mention John Tavares in the whole in the whole scheme of things. How grateful are we for this guy? But you can't just you know it, it, if you have if you if you have a farm, you don't just have one workhorse and work him to death, and then have all your other horses just kind of pull the wagons. You know, you can't just keep using the same workhorse over and every year and expect it to be a dramatic result. So I think that he does have a nice um, system around him. I love, I love Eberle. Can't not love Eberle. He's, he had a very slow start, but he got traded. So, you know, he needed to learn the system. Um, I saw Nick Letty score a goal the other night, man, this guy is faster than faster than the wind for a defenseman. Uh, you know, it's almost like he could be a left wing or a right wing if he really wanted to. Um, I, just, I just love the presence. And I'll tell you what, I, if I'm Garth Snow, I say I'm glad I left Josh Hosang in the minors last year. Thank you. Because he he has picked up his game dramatically. I saw him play defense the other night, and I remember when this guy came into the league, the number one complaint was he was never gonna play defense he was a he was a puck hog and uh the fact that he's back checking into the defensive zone is is pretty amazing you know he he's still he's still gonna make some mistakes but I, I love the fact that he's not a, not so much of a puck hog anymore okay so okay, so we got our thanksgiving
1: day feast out and uh so one more thing one more team and then we'll move on. If you're, the, if you're the Vegas team, what are you thankful for right now?
0: Besides the fact that there's a team in Vegas?
1: Well, yeah, besides the fact that they have a team.
0: Um, well, they're sitting pretty, you know, Western Conference. They're sitting pretty at the top of the Pacific Division. Granted, they are tied with the Kings right now, but, you know, they were leading pretty hard for a while. They had that epic... Uh, start and um, I think that you're grateful that uh, the NH <laughs> I think that you're grateful that the NHL did an expansion draft uh, that allowed you to compete rather than doing an expansion draft for the lowest common denominator players. I think that that's a, a grateful moment.
1: Okay so speaking of expansion drafts Speaking of expansion drafts we 're at the quarter point right now, and there is thoughts of expanding again. There is an odd amount yeah. of teams in both in the conferences. The thoughts are Houston and Seattle. Tell me which one is the best one and why mm.
0: you know, i've had a few days a few a few hours to prep this uh, answer and uh <laughs> I'm still. I still don't have. I still don't actually have a better answer than I did before. I think Houston sort of came out of nowhere. He- remember, if you remember a few years ago, Seattle was in the running. It was a serious running with Seattle, Vegas, Quebec. You know, where were we going to stick a new team? And Seattle made a big push, and they said, "Hey, we we can do this." You know, they have what the Winter Hawks up there from the. Uh, from the Canadian Hockey League, I believe that's called the Winter Hawks, the Seattle Winter Hawks. Isn't that where Matt Barzell played his uh, juniors? So we know that Seattle can support hockey. I mean, first of all, so that's the thing. Second, they're just outside the range of Vancouver, so you would have the, the a, a nice, a nice, um, a nice competition between Vancouver, an automatic rival, if you will the same way between the Islanders and the Rangers and the Devils. So you you have that logistic interest. And Houston now kind of came out of nowhere. It was kind of like part of the conversation, like where the hell did they come from? But the guy that wants to bring hockey to Houston is the same guy that owns the Rockets. And so money bags, money, 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 you know, in any sport money talks. And he's willing to invest a whole bunch of it to bring to, uh, to bring hockey back the way the arrows were, what, in the 70s. Wasn't that the WHL, I think? So yep. I think that um, – now, 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 Houston is an interesting concept because, again, you have Dallas that's right next door, so you do have that automatic rival. And the NHL would <laughs> – I, I can't use curse words, so I'll just say wet their pants. Um, at bringing another NHL franchise to the south of the United States. I mean, putting hockey where hockey does not normally exist seems to be the way the NHL has has been doing things. Florida, Tampa, Dallas, um, you know, certainly the Atlanta experiment didn't work. But Nashville, um, all these teams now are very successful. Well, maybe not Florida, but certainly the others. Um, If you stick a team up in Seattle – I mean, it's just it's another northern United States team. Um, I don't know if one or the other has the the lead in this at the moment, but I think that I'd like to see a team in Seattle more than I'd like to see a team in Houston because I think that that could be a very engaging fan base and give Vancouver, um, you know, something to think about for sure. Um, And uh, you have Portland up there. As well, you have a lot of transplants from the East Coast that go to Portland and Seattle. Give them a hockey team, I think they'll sink their teeth into it. So yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see in Seattle.
1: Well, the reason that they were not, I'm not sure if you knew this, the reason that they were not allowed in Houston for the longest time was that the owner of the Rockets, who also owned the Toyota Center, which is where the Rockets do play, said, absolutely not. I am not putting a hockey team in this arena. Under no circumstances am I putting a hockey team in this arena. So now that it's been bought by the uh, the new owner of the Rockets, perhaps that is the reason that they are now open to it. He has said, I would love to get a hockey team in here. Obviously it's at the right price, right, and so on and so forth. There really aren't any relocation possibilities except for maybe Arizona and the Islanders. I don't think either one of those is ripe to move, at least right now. So expansion would be interesting again. But you have to, I mean, to me, you have to be very careful with expansion how much you're going to dilute the talent. The Major League Baseball went through it where there were about five to six years after the expansion where you're adding another t- – 50 players to the league and the talent just gets diluted. There's just not enough talent to go around. And I think that that is a, that's a, that's a misstep when it comes to expansion. You really need to be able to watch what you do and how many players can, how many legitimate NHL players are you NHL quality to be able to do that. And I think Gary Benton has got something on his plate in looking
0: at that. I'm, 67 million percent opposed to expansion. You asked me a question of where. I'm, I, I couldn't possibly be more opposed to expansion at this time. Um, it, your points are a gazillion percent on point, like literally. To think, if you look at the way the expansion draft was run this past year, just to take a moment. The, and I, Again, I'm not using the this. I'm using every team. Every team made a deal to protect certain players on their roster and they traded draft picks or contracts to guarantee that those picks were, that those players were not going to be taken. And they did it because they wanted to protect their youth or they wanted to protect their up and coming stars. And they traded these draft picks. Now next year, you know, Vegas has huge draft pick numbers, huge, you know, and so, um, and as they did this year, Um, And there were a number of teams that lost their first and second or third round picks in this year or next year uh, to protect some of the players. Um, You add another expansion team, and now we're going to do that same thing again. And that means that uh, established teams like the Allens, the Rangers, Devils, anybody that's in the league right now that's going to be offering up players is going to have to make these deals again. And so that means that their minor league systems are going to suffer a little bit more because they're not going to be able to get the quality draft picks into their systems because they're making these deals again. So Correct. I I'm opposed to I'm exposed to expansion at this time. You want to wait 5 years? We'll see what happens in 5 years.
1: Okay. You see, I I'm not even sure if I well, I don't think you're going to be able to have expansion again in in a year, no matter what. I think it's going to take time to do that. Uh, maybe two or three, perhaps but like you said, I'm not really sure that the NHL is ready for that. Um, we'll soon find out, though, because this, this is certainly not going away. If it was going away, we would have we stopped hearing about the Seattle team a long time ago. I mean, it's definitely not let going away you, right now.
0: Let me ask you a snap yeah. question. That we haven't Do you believe that Gary Bettman is on the same hot seat that Goodall is in the NFL? Goodell. Goodell, excuse me. I, you know,
1: Goodell. No, absolutely not. No, and the reason why is because Roger Goodell is the head of the biggest sport in sports. <laughs> he is front face. Excuse me, front and center of two huge, huge problems when it comes to the NFL. One is. Ezekiel Elliott and Jerry Jones, which there may be a civil war occurring in the NFL, and the second one is obviously the the flag and what's going on with the flag. So no, I don't. And Batman is not involved in either one of those. In fact, Batman takes more of a a back seat rather than a face forward when it comes to the NHL. Um, I don't like Gary Bettman as a commissioner. I never have. I think some of the moves that he made were incorrect. But, look, I went to a couple of hockey games in the last couple of weeks, and you're seeing this – look, I'm a traditionalist. I'm a guy that likes hockey and likes football and likes baseball the way I grew up with it. But there are definitely certain changes that he's made to hockey that have made the game better. I didn't like it at the time, but the no red line – Is fantastic to allow a A two-line pass. Well, to allow a two-line pass is amazing. I mean, it opens up the game so much more. And you don't notice that until there's enough time in which you do notice that. And it's been, what, 10 years since that, at least 10 years, maybe even 15 years since that rule came out. And for the longest time, I railed and railed against it. I'm a traditionalist. I don't like it. I don't like it. But you know what? It was for the better. Game's gotten better. Um, The game as as a whole has gotten better.
0: Well, I know this is not exclusively a hockey segment, but I do want to say that there was an interesting interview on ESPN for the Hall of Famers uh, the other day that said, would you be able to compete? In today's game, and yep. categorically down the list. I mean, yes, they had. Well, I skate fast. I skate slow. I don't like this. I don't like that. But categorically down the list, every single hockey Hall of Famer said, anyone that can play well can play in any system. And if you That's can right. play well, you can play in this system. And and while Aunt Dave Andrechuk was saying, well, I probably get a lot more penalties. And Paul Correa and and, uh, Elias were saying, well, I like the speedy game that is today. But, yeah, any good player will be able to succeed in this game today. And Gary Bettman has opened up the game to an extent that you can have the speediness and a little bit of the the poke and grab together instead of having it exclusively a clutch and grab type game, you know, that it was for so many years. So yeah, spot on. I give them that.
1: Spot on, and li- and like I said, I think it's it's gotten to be a better game. I think you had a wide open game in the 80s. You had a clutch and grab game in the mid in in the late 80s to early 90s, where that's why guys like Mario Lemieux retired because they really just didn't want to play in that type of game, and now you're back to a cleaner. More entertaining open ice game of hockey, and I I, I think it's, it 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 definitely has borne its fruit. So we're, we're gonna just just for the listeners, we're we're gonna go 45 minutes today, so we got another 15, and then we're we're gonna take a break because, like I said, I'm I'm in Singapore, I got some work to do, uh, um, so that's where we're at. So let's keep going down the list of our rundown, and I don't really do a rundown all that much, in most shows because Seth and I are, are basically on the same page with Mitch uh filling in and admirably filling in and thankfully for me again Thanksgiving filling in um we are we are using a rundown here so uh we're looking at baseball and I know Mitch you're not you're not the biggest baseball fan but I did have a question for you because baseball in Phoenix and and we get a good perspective from my brother being in Phoenix because Seth and I are both in New York we take the New York attitude, which is a, a tremendous attitude, and we also look to New York teams more than we any others. Phoenix is a non-traditional market for baseball. It's been there for a while, but it's still the expansion team. And this year they had a revitalization. They they were able to play well. They got into the playoffs, Paul Goldschmidt, um, uh, I can't, uh, Zach Greinke, et cetera. Did the fan base follow the team this year? Because I know in the past they, they were not very, I don't know, supportive, if you will.
0: All right. You're right. I'm not a big baseball fan, but I have friends that are baseball fans. Okay. And for the first time in a long time, I had my friends say, hey, we're going to go hit up the, the Diamondbacks game this, this, you know, on a, on a Tuesday night. And I was like, really? You're going to go see the Diamondbacks? And they're like, yeah, you know, inexpensive seats up in the bleachers, good night out, good you know, good entertainment, lots of fun, good fan base. And, you know, I asked them, you know, hey, how was the game? You know, they, were, they weren't really there for the game. They were there for the entertainment. You know, the game is a, is a portion of the entertainment. And they said they had a great time. And um, I can only expect that the, the, the people that are the huge Diamondbacks fans, and let me tell you, when you go downtown Phoenix on a game day, it, it's packed. I don't, I don't know how many people are there, but it's, it's everyone's wearing a Diamondbacks outfit, um, that I would have to think that the, the actual fans, the people that follow the team, you know, then bleed for them, were probably very enthused. So if they're gathering these, you know, extraneous new entertainment-oriented fans to go down, then they must be doing something good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, no, now, I, I have never, I, totally I, have never stepped, I have never stepped foot in Chase Field Or Bank One Ballpark or whatever it was Not because I'm not a baseball I mean I'm not a baseball fan But I, I've never gone down there um, I've always thought Parking was pretty terrible But uh, with the invention And uh, introduction of the light rail In Phoenix uh, That has like six different stops Right in front of Bank One or in front of Chase Field Uh, Yeah, they have a lot of people from a lot of more area of Phoenix that go down on the light rail now because parking Mm -hmm. in downtown Phoenix is pretty terrible. Now, you want to add a little twist to that, and I'm not bringing it back to hockey, but if hypothetically one day Glendale ever got the light rail out to where the Coyotes play, I think you'd see something similar.
1: So you don't – you believe, and and yes, we're going back to hockey a little bit. But you believe that it's not the stadium, it's not the location, but it's the way to get to the stadium that's the problem in Glendale.
0: First of all, for anyone that's never been to to Phoenix, and we used to call it the Phoenix Coyotes, then you know I think it was the Glendale Coyotes for a little bit now, the Arizona Coyotes, but the city of Glendale. The city of Glendale is outside the city of Phoenix. It's, it's kind of like, a, it's, not, it's not quite a suburb. It's still its own city. They're connected, but they're next to each other. And the, 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 when, when, when the Phoenix Coyotes played in downtown in what was previous uh, U.S. Airways Arena, they, they, I mean, when they were expansion, they had a lot of people go. I mean, they had a lot of people. I mean, sorry, when they moved from Winnipeg, they had a lot of people show up because it's downtown, and downtown's the area to do something with. Um, But, uh, you know, out in Glendale, it's a drive. It's a drive for me. I live live probably a good solid 25 minutes to them, and it's still a drive. Now, they have a ton of ample parking, and that's a win for them. Uh, But for all those years that the Coyotes played out there and the football stadium wasn't built by that point, they didn't have a they didn't have an increasing fan base because it was a pain in the ass to get there, or the pain in the ass to go. Because if you live in southeast Phoenix area, and it's a good solid hour to drive up to the Coyotes game, and you're not really a super Coyotes fan, you're just not going. Reality, right? So, you know, they, they, you, we had to convince people in Phoenix to become hockey fans. People that were from the East Coast or people that were from the North they were automatically like, yes, hockey's back in Phoenix. I'm going, to, you know, I'm going to go to this. But the people that were born and bred here, it was a convincing. It was, it was hey, this is a good game. You should learn to do it. It's like basketball, but not exactly like basketball. And we had to convince them that it would be a good reason to go to some new sport. And now, you know, distance-wise. So there was, there was a thing where they were thinking about uh, building a, uh, a stadium where ASU is. I'm going to be doing a conjoined ASU uh, Arizona Coyote Stadium in Tempe. And, um, you know, kind of near the hub of a lot of traffic. And people were like, yeah, that's great. But the roads are not built to support that amount of traffic right now. So you'd have to have increased construction. There's always going to be a problem moving the Coyotes. It's always going to be a problem. In the same way, there's the same problem finding for the Islanders. Because when you build a stadium, it's not just about the stadium. It's about all the things that go along with it. sure, noise, traffic, construction, vendors, population. So don't expect the Coyotes to be moving anytime soon. Because the only way they're moving, I think, is if they're moving out. And that's still a possibility, unfortunately, no? Well, you know. Relocation, I'll certainly say this. If the Coyotes keep sucking for a few seasons and the Moneyball experiment doesn't pay off and the Glendale City Council uh, still has problems with the owners, then, yeah, I think Gary Bettman's probably going to stick his foot in the door and say, hey, guys, what's going on? Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So we've got five minutes left to go, so um, this this
1: is where we generally spend about two and a half minutes each uh giving our last thoughts so Mitch, I'll let you go first if you'd like um i'd like to I'd like to say that the last thoughts this week should be based on thanksgiving so
0: okay well I, I, take I it away or so if so you'd have... no no, I'll do it i okay. I apologize for being so much of a hog. I'm not trying to be a hog. I gotta say. um This is my first time, so I'm a little nervous too um but um, I am thankful for – Are we talking, is it sports-related?
1: No. Nope. It, it, it should okay. it, it should and at it, some point be a little sports-related, but overall it could be whatever you'd like.
0: Well, I'm thankful that I've become a little bit of a gym addict. I go every day, uh, you know, have a breakdown of all the things I'm going to do. I lost 70 pounds or 60 pounds. Now I've built up uh, some muscle, uh, working my abs and, and chest. I've become a little bit more of a gym junkie. I've been very healthy. So I'm, I'm grateful for my health uh, coming back, uh, which, which means that a lot of a lot of things are coming back, like my testosterone and, and other things that you're – as a male, as an older male, I'm 42. Uh, there are ways to get yourself back into shape and to get your, your, your energy back up without resorting to, to alternative methods, let's say. So I'm, I'm happy that I've taken that step. I'm happy for you inviting me on the show. I'm happy for my family. That's now expanding and, and doing some wonderful things, sports related. I, you know, I'm a huge Islander fan, so I'm, I'm thrilled that they're in fourth place. I mean, considering they they they, they had a little bit of a, a bump, a bumpy road to get there, but I'm I'm thrilled. I'm I'm hopefully going to be coming to New York, so I'm hopefully going to be happy to see the Barclays Center for the first time, um, and that'll be a new experience for me. Um, I'm I'm thrilled that. Sports overall seems to be moving in a positive direction. Uh, I don't care so much about the NFL and the the flag issues, but overall sports, the concept of sports, seems to be moving very forward. You have a lot more people engaged and inviting, and and you have all these new leagues that are sprouting up, like the Women's Hockey League that didn't exist a couple of years ago. Um, Anybody that's involved in in roller derby. uh, We have a huge, huge roller derby league, Women's Roller Derby League, that has empowered women um, here. There's thousands of women that are into roller derby all over the United States, There are these conferences. And I think that's amazing that you have these teams traveling from Phoenix to all these other places to participate in literally a women's empowerment game. It's not a man's game. There is no, there's really not that many men's leagues. It's a women's game. And I think that that's pretty amazing. Um, I don't know if they have that in New York, but it's enormous out here um and so i'm I'm grateful for everything so thank you very much
1: you're welcome so thank you so um i'm thankful on this thanksgiving for the ability to travel look i've hosted this show from so many different places and i'm thankful for the internet which has allowed me to do that so uh i'm thankful for my brother for coming on the show and uh filling in as a stopgap host um Look, it's very hard to talk for a half hour by yourself. It's it's almost impossible. I think I've done it once to talk for an hour by yourself. So having my brother come on, even if this was a hockey-centric, hockey-centric show, you know what? Seth doesn't do hockey. So if we're going to have a hockey-centric show, you might as well have it. Well, Seth is at a wedding on a Tuesday night in November because, again, who gets married on a Tuesday night in November in New York? just don't get it. Anyway, so I'm very thankful for that. My family, as always, my family is, is the rock, including my brother. Um, they support me in whatever I want to do, and that if that means jumping off a cliff, well, guess what? I'm jumping off a cliff. This trip, not so much, but generally I am. Okay, uh, for Seth Kamins, who is not here, Sean Palmer and Mitch Beyer, I want to wish everybody out there a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Eat yourself some turkey, eat yourself some yams or some ham or some mashed potatoes or whatever it is that you do. I will be going on a food tour and having chicken sautee tomorrow. And if you'd like to nice. uh, take a look at that, it's on my blog. So, again, for the three of us and from our families to yours, a very happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you back next week uh, with Seth and myself. And Mitch might call in. We don't know. Okay, Mitch, say goodbye. 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 Have a great week, everybody. See ya. <laughs>
0: Right now, save 60% off absolutely everything at Gap Factory and Banana Republic Factory at our biggest sale of the year. That's right, 60% off everything in stores and online. Save on adult sweaters from $14.99 and 40% off clearance at Gap Factory stores. And at Banana Republic Factory stores, clearance is 50% off and tops start at 14 dollars Hurry! Search our store locator for your nearest Gap Factory and Banana Republic Factory store or shop us online. Rush to Old Navy today for 50% off. Plus, Friday only, cozy socks are just one buck. For every pair sold, Old Navy will give $1 up to a $1 million to boys and girls clubs. Valid 1122-24, socks valid 1124.
1: Exclusions apply.